This podcast contains material and language that may be disturbing to some listeners. While not explicit, listener discretion is advised. David and Shane discuss their random paranormal adventures and stories. We dive into paranormal cases from the past and the present. We also talk about what got us into the paranormal, the highlights, and the scary moments while on our adventures. This is Shane, and you are listening to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Hey everybody, thanks so much for tuning in to our part two of this episode. My name is Shane. I'm David. And today we are going to be talking about abilities again. This will be the part two from the part one last episode. Now we went over the light mostly with Shani. She's a light worker and she deals with more of the light. She does guidance. She does mediumships and the whole nine yards. And today we're going to be talking about some of the darker things when it comes to abilities. But first, we're going to talk about some news real quick. So the numbers are still steadily going up. We're getting a lot of downloads, a lot of listens, and it seems to be across the board with all the other platforms. Except for Amazon. Yes, except for Amazon. iHeartRadio finally sent me an email saying that they'll have our episode hosted on there. So the only thing that we are waiting for is Amazon as of right now. Outside of that, though, it looks like our numbers are pretty pretty good across the board. Um, on Facebook, we have around 200 and some followers on our group page. Yes, and we definitely want to try to increase that number. So if you are listening to this episode, please share it to anybody else that loves all things paranormal, spooky, what have you. And just get our name out there so that way people start discovering us. Yeah, because I'm eventually going to put a post on there for people to write and comment on questions they want us to answer. Yes, definitely. And we definitely want all of our fans and followers to be interactive. So we do have a active group page that's connected to the BRP podcast Facebook page. All you have to do is just click request to join, answer the few questions that we have on there, and then you're in. You'll be added in within a couple minutes of you answering those questions. So we definitely encourage you guys to join that group so that way we can start discussions, so that way you can see all of our posts from previous episodes as well. Look over the evidence that I've posted on each episode that we talk about a particular case. And we would love your feedback as well. And any questions that you have, either paranormal-wise or personal, you can definitely ask us that. Now, just a recap from the last episode. We had Shandy with us, and we talked about everything that goes along with her abilities. Now, she does have quite unique abilities, and the fact that she works with angels and she works with just light only makes her a unique candidate when we came up with this particular episode and want to talk about abilities. And it was very, very educational. Got to hear about some of the things that she actually gets to do, which kind of falls in line with what we do, but on a more personal, more intimate scale. 
Now, for this episode, we're going to talk about the darker things. David and I, we told the line between light and dark. We're the front line of defense when shit goes south and we have to maintain the balance. The person that we are going to be interviewing today for this episode, she does the same exact thing as we do, only her abilities are far superior to ours. She's been doing this for 20 plus years. She's experienced some shit, and I'll tell you what. Anything from elementals to skinwalkers to full-on demons and anything in between. I wouldn't say she's a dark person. She's actually a very loving individual, and she's got an awesome family. But if necessary, she can dip into the dark to be able to get things done. And she can also swing over to the light as well. Her name is Diana, and she's part of my group, Bear River Paranormal. Now, let me put her on the line so that way we can get her introduced. All right, everybody, let me introduce Diana. How are you doing today, Diana? I'm good. How are you doing? Doing good, doing good. Now, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I've been doing paranormal investigations and residential cases for almost 20 years. Like, I, I got into it to help people so that they could feel comfortable in their surroundings. Mm-hmm. And how long have you been doing this for? Um, right around 20 years. Okay, okay. So you've seen some shit. Lots. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Me yeah. and David, we're just pups over here compared to you. Yeah, you're just little spring chickens. I know, right? We're still getting our uh, still getting our feathers, you know? That's right. <laughs> well, <laughs> Diana's kind of the biggest reason that both Shane and myself are opening more up to our gifts, that you can say. Amen to that. So, I mean, she's been a really invaluable person that we've added to the team it just helps that she's a nice person as well well i try exactly and i completely agree with that 100 percent. i mean essentially diana has helped both me and david open up our abilities and build on them we're it's still working progress but it's still if it wasn't for her i think i'd still be sensitive as a brick <laughs> ain't that right david that's right. All right. So just like the last episode, we're going to be doing roundtable question and answers. Me and David are going to be switching off on the questions. So I'll have David start with the first one, and then we'll go from there. And then at the end of this, we're going to have uh, just a generalized open question and answer if anybody else had additional questions. And then we'll talk about how... People can reach out to you for any help, which they would be reaching out to us anyway, but I digress. We'll still have to add that information in there. So, David, let's go ahead and start with you. All right, Diana. So, uh, at what point in your life did you think you discovered that, hey, something uh, something ain't right here? And then at what point did you delve in and figure out that, oh, I have gifts and I can see spirits? I was actually about four was at my grandmother's house and I went into the back bedroom and I seen a man plain as day sitting on the bed and I freaked out and I came out and asked my grandma who the man was that was sitting on her bed because I was like there's no one supposed to be here but just me and she didn't have pictures of my grandfather displayed anywhere she went and got a book opened it and said do you see the man on the bed and I pointed to my grandfather and he had 
passed away about six and a half years before I was born. And just ever since then, I mean, there's things that lived in my ghost spirits in my house, so ever since I was little. And as I got older, I wanted to figure out why I could see things and nobody else could that were my friends. Okay. So I have two questions for you, Diana. So you have abilities. What about your other siblings? Have they been able to tap into it or do they even have abilities? Um, my sister a little bit, but she doesn't want to acknowledge it. And my brothers, not so much. I mean, they just tell me that when you go, that's it. There's nothing. And if there is anything, they don't want to know about it. So mm-hmm. okay. they don't have any desire. <laughs> okay. So with your abilities, what did you do to help harness and build on that once you discovered that, hey, I have abilities that can actually work with helping other people out, particularly on investigations and everything? Um, I found a mentor and I started talking with her about different ways that I could open things up for myself and found that by doing meditation, things like that, I was able to kind of thin that veil even a little bit more so I can communicate with spirits on a higher level. Mm-hmm. So, okay. That and just practice. Along with that, then, so is what really got you started uh, on the paranormal? Like, uh, so you discovered you can see spirits, talk to spirits. What was like in your head where you're like, well, maybe I should go find someone who can help me figure this out? And then what got you to join a team and start going to places and learning more? So Halloween is like my totally favorite thing in the world and there happened to be a radio thing that had said come to this location for a ghost hunt and I was like I'm going to do it. So as I went and was listening to people talking and I thought oh I, all these things that they're saying that happens I can do and then as we were investigating the place I would hear something and I'm like did anyone hear that and they're like um no and finally one lady came up and told me it's what you're hearing is it's legitimate and i i can help you and so i approached her and we met discussed things and then i found out that you know if i could communicate with spirits and find out if there was a way that i could help them then that was a win-win situation for everybody okay in total how many investigations have you been on since you first started in the paranormal I couldn't even tell you, honestly. In the hundreds? Hundreds at least. At least hundreds, yeah. Okay. I don't think I could even tell you how many I've been on, and I've only been doing this for four years. Right? Right. I I could tell you how many I've been on, but that's because I keep record of every case that we work. So, I mean, I guess that's the cheating way, but if I were to guess, without counting for myself, at least 100, 150... So then double that for Diana. Probably. Double or triple that, yeah. That's cool. Do you ever get tired of doing this? Um, it gets overwhelming. I wouldn't say I get tired. Sometimes it just gets a little overwhelming. There's, you know, if you don't shut it off, you can't go anywhere without spirits wanting to talk to you. So at that point, it's overwhelming, but I wouldn't mm-hmm. say I get tired of it. So with your abilities, do you see and talk with spirits? 
or like how is it best for you to communicate with them is it something that straight up you see them as if they're a living person and like they are legit talking to you like their mouths are moving or is it more a talk in your head how, how's the best way for you to communicate with spirits and then uh, relay information to people living people so as far as seeing them if they want to they can project themselves to me in any way I mean it's to where they can if they want to show me their death state they can even I will see how they died and they can do that um, speaking sometimes it's audible like I can just hear it other people can but for the most part they're just communicating with me and you can hear a voice that's not your own in your head and as you're asking questions you'll get the answers and then it usually matches up with other things you've learned throughout the investigations so um, I can do it without even verbally speaking out loud um, communicate with them or a lot of times I will ask questions out loud if there's anyone else with me so everybody else can hear what I'm asking and see if they can pick up something as well yeah I've noticed that we'll be in a dark room totally silent and then you just say something that like you're talking to someone but you're talking obviously someone that's not us there and you'll just randomly say stuff like knock it off or whatever and we'll be like what what and right. you're obviously talking to someone else and so it, yeah right they just kind of just talk and you can you, they just project their voice but you can hear it you know in your head perfectly clear and is it like a thought that they say some, something in your head's talking and it's like something that you wouldn't think right about that you wouldn't be thinking about saying you know right exactly that's yeah like i'll be thinking completely something entirely different and out of nowhere this motion comes up this conversation with them that is not anything i would normally say or think or it's just what they want me to know so in regards to your abilities what made you want to toe the line between light and dark when it comes to paranormal investigations and cleansings? Uh, I think there has to be a balance between the two. Um, it's great to be light, but I, I kind of have figured that some of the darker things will hide themselves from light workers. They won't make their presence known. Um, if you kind of go down into that dark side a little bit, they seem to understand you more, and I think they're more willing to try to come to a agreement in a sense like if I can help them then maybe they leave the residential leave the residents on their own without having to take it to a full cleanse type situation I just I feel like you have to have that balance for everything good there's something bad and if people are only working with the good then the bad things are getting ignored and it maybe can make them even more apt to lash out in a sense mm -hmm. they're not getting that attention that they want mm -hmm. and i feel like if you only work with the light that's wonderful but i think it leaves you more for open and vulnerable for uh, getting attacked because you're not as able to take in as much of the dark as some of these dark spirits mm -hmm. want to give out okay um have you ever thought of uh, just going dark instead of toying the line or even in of itself you found out that you were dark and you were trying to get out of that dark um i've never ever wanted to go completely dark i 
I think I could if I wanted to, but like I say, I want to balance and, and pull the line between both. There, I think what I do, it lets me be a little darker than most people. Um, but like I said, I keep that balance. I have a good family. We do, you know, when I'm not doing paranormal, it's positive. So I don't really feel like I've lost in the dark. I think that it's okay. Okay. Do you agree that sometimes we have to swing to the dark and to the light to battle what malicious and or demonic entities have been summoned or conjured to banish them indefinitely? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you have to have both. You can't, you can't be dark and try to fight something that's light and vice versa. You can't be completely light and go up against a dark source because mm -hmm. they're just, it doesn't match. You have to be able to deal with both entities, and you might have both in the same situation. So you've mm -hmm. got to be able to go from one side to the other, I think. Mm -hmm. And I want to kind of bring this up, too. So the trio of us, you, uh, Kathleen, and I, tend to balance each other out. And I do know with our past, when we've dealt with more malicious things, that you and I have been able to battle it while Kathleen is protecting and doing her part as well. And do you feel that if a third element got brought into the situation, so say for example, you and I, we toe the line between dark and light, but we bring in someone that mainly swings over to the light, do you feel that that does balance everything out and it does help in banishing any type of entity indefinitely? Oh, I absolutely think it does. Um, I feel like the people that are more light, they can offer more of a protection to, like you and I, where we toe the line, we're trying to deal with something dark, but we don't want to get too dark. We still need that light. But if we're focusing on the dark end, we're not projecting as much light. So if you've got someone like Kathleen, that all she does is light and things, it gives us more protection and gives us more strength and energy to get rid of the evil entity. Okay. Why don't you tell them what you use me for sometimes, Shane? <laughs> well, my brain just went south real quick on that question. <laughs> uh, well, physical limitations prohibit me from doing certain things, so I like David to help out. To get into those tight nooks and crannies, the, the basements, the attics, stuff like that. Outside of that... David has this energy that is, that's very good. It's very protecting and everything, and then with the type of abilities he has, he's been able to harness it and everything, and whenever I need a little bit of backup, I usually have David touch my shoulder and... Use helps. me as a human battery. Well, <laughs> you do have that tendency as well, but it's mainly because I need more help. I need more energy to be able to do this. I need a second person touching me while I'm doing this kind of stuff. And I've done the same thing to, to Diana a couple times, and I think you've you've done it to me a couple times as well. Sometimes you just need that extra help. Yeah, just that little extra kick in the pants, you know? Just to kind of suck the rest of it out and then banish it. So, Diana, have you noticed that things are just going uh, darker and darker as you do this? Um, I have. And actually, it's strange, but since we had the earthquakes, 
I don't know if it opened something, but it seems like since then, things have taken a much darker turn. It used to be you'd go somewhere and they might have just a little poltergeist thing, but now almost everyone I talk to, it's something dark, something they don't know even where it came from in their homes. Yeah, as I, I, I agree with you because I think when I first started, uh, not only because I was naive and didn't see things as clearly, but I, every case that we did, I felt like it wasn't too bad, it wasn't too bad. And then one year, I would say it was noticeably more of our cases were darker. And then another year, it kind of it lit up, like lightened the load a bit. But I definitely feel like the last two years have been more in the darker realm where every location we go to at least has something that's dark. Whereas before, we'd have a, a location where, yeah, there's just a couple of, you know, wandering spirits here and there that are a little lost or residual energy. That's just kind of the cause for some of the stuff. But it seems like now, every location we go to, there's something there that has a significant amount of energy. Right. Yeah, like uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking to Caden Madsen. Uh, he came up to Logan and we had lunch and sat and shoot the shit for a few hours and had some wonderful food, by the way, but we got on this topic a little bit, how it seems like things have progressively started getting darker and darker. And the way that I explained it to Caden is, you know, when we first started, we started doing this. I mean, we were getting about 50 percent of the cases were, a little, were darker than the rest of them, you know, but it seemed like progressively in the last year or two, it's gotten darker and darker and darker. To the point where demonic entities are starting to pop up, elementals are becoming more and more active, same with skinwalkers, same with other malicious entities as well. And Caden feels that the veil is thinning so quickly, and the fact that other nefarious things that are happening across the United States and the world are also feeding into it as well. I feel like the world is starting to get darker and darker. Uh, with all the chaos that's happening, left versus right, conservatives versus liberals, blah, 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 blah. And then on top of that, we also have the natural disasters as well. I mean, we live on tectonic plates that are constantly moving. I mean, what was it? California's moving like, what, a couple inches a year? Something like that. And that also brings in a lot of energy as well. And the fact that we just have a lot of people just that don't have any common sense. I mean, it comes to the point where Ouija boards are being sold to kids for eight years old on up. People are trying to scry into mirrors and don't know what the hell they're doing. People are going up to abandoned cemeteries and conjuring up shitty ass entities that all they want to do is attack you, possess you, want to take over your freaking life. And I feel like everything just in the world is just steadily getting darker and darker. And I know Diana and I have talked a little bit about this a couple weeks ago, but would you say that that's pretty accurate? Oh, definitely. And I think the television shows aren't helping either. People watch them and they think, oh, it's cool, I can do it. It's just TV, it's not real. And they don't realize that it really is. And you really are opening things that you're not ready to unleash. And once it's gone, they have no way to get it back. Yeah, and I completely agree with that. I mean, it's it's getting to the point now where people are trying to make it so that way it's socially acceptable when in all reality it's not because all you're doing is causing that veil to become thinner and thinner. The more malicious and demonic entities that can get through that veil, 
the harder time it will be for us to be able to protect that line of defense. And ultimately, if we can't get our shit together and start working together as one big old paranormal community, I think that's what's going to end us, essentially, if we're going to keep battling it out with each other. Right. In your own words, Diana, what's the most rewarding thing you've experienced while doing investigations, cleansings, home readings, etc.? There was one particular case where the lady that owned the home had come to me and said that she was on the verge of just selling her house or just packing up, leaving her house empty. She couldn't go there. She didn't feel safe. Um, I told her, let me give it a shot. And she was kind of doubtful. And I said, let me try. It can't be, you know, there's nothing to lose. Just give me a shot. And went in, found some pretty bad stuff in her house and got rid of it. And I told her, come on, let's check it out. She was leery at first, of course, but the most rewarding to me was when she walked through her house and had tears in her eyes and said, I can finally live here. I can finally be at peace in my dream home. I don't have to leave. And I mean, to this day, it's been a couple of years and she still sues me and she's like, oh, thank you so much. My, I, I'm so glad I can live there. That's what's rewarding to me, to take a family that has a home that they've bought and hope they can spend their entire lives there and they're upset by something to the point they want to leave their home and we can go in there and make it so that it's their home it's their place make it it's theirs and they're happy that's it for me and then the spirits you know there are those that they're lost they don't know what why they're here they're stuck and they need that little help to get to where they want to be and to move on and that's rewarding as well, and you know you've helped a spirit cross over and given them peace that they deserve as well. So I'm curious on uh, the, the Homer that you helped. Uh, do you think she was more reluctant to not let you do it because A, she might think that you think she's crazy or other people think she's crazy, or B, that the entity there was wanting her not to have you go in there? Oh, it was A. I mean, because she... We, I mean, let's face it, we have so many people out there that, that think what we do is crazy, you know. Sure. There's no such thing. And she didn't want to play into that in a sense. And um, where she lived was a pretty religious community. And so she was leery about that as well, because what were they going to think? What has she done to bring in this dark entity? And so she was just nervous and didn't know what would happen. She was afraid. What if I went in and I actually made it worse and then walked away and just left it? So yeah. she was just fearful of not knowing what could happen. Yeah, and that's what we try to do now in our group to let people be assured that, you know, sometimes just going there the first time, we can't solve the problem the first time. Sometimes it takes multiple trips to come and solve it. And then sometimes it just comes down to the homeowners themselves that they have to also be in a good mind state to be able to keep, uh, you know, the darkness at bay as well. Right. But um, I like that you also brought in that helping spirits that are confused cross over because I've seen you and Shane do that when you come into contact with a spirit that was a little more on, on, on the mental issue side that when they died that they, you know, they still had that issue and then you help them see the light and then because you know when you die you are the same as you are in death. Uh, the only time that you know you are 
a better version of yourself you know people with mental issues they don't have mental issues when they move on to the light because they're in their pure form when they move on but when you're when you die it's still your same soul and body trapped on earth right so I, I i have seen you guys do that before and you know be in a room that you know we went and cleansed it and you walk in and it feels so much lighter you can breathe easier and you can just tell the difference yep, yeah that's definitely it. that's why i do it what was your most emotional experience on, on that as well when working with clients uh, whether it be like a gut-wrenching experience that you've either with a client that they've once you've helped them like clients breaking down in tears or just uh any type of entity that you've dealt with that's totally just put your guts unease there was two that come to mind pretty clearly um one case was a residential and the man's wife had committed suicide and he had blamed himself he just it was my fault what could i have done and she was he's like i know she's here but she won't talk to me so i know i've done something wrong and we were able to communicate with her and give him that peace of mind that it wasn't anything he could have done there was nothing he could have done to have changed the situation and she had left a letter for him actually and he never had found it and she told us where he could go to find that letter and he walked over and he was like i never would have looked and found it and he just he read it while we were still there and just broke down in tears and was so thankful that we could help him to talk to her and you know let her go so that he could have peace here while he was here she could move on and have peace because she was sticking around worried for him so that was one and another one um, we were actually able to cross the little boy over he'd been tormented for a while he'd just been stuck here um, and he would come and sit like on your lap because any any females that were around he, they would say i feel something and kathleen and i actually were there we went in and he came sat on our laps and we were able to help him figure out what had happened to him that his family didn't leave him he wasn't lost and we were able to ultimately reunite him with his family but that was sad because he just just communicating with him you know you were we were in tears because he was so sad and it was nice to know that we could give him the happiness and let him reunite with his family on the other side. That's amazing. I like I like that. That's really, really nice that you were able, especially with the guy and his wife. I mean, that that would be pretty emotional just in general. Right. With dealing with that. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, honestly, that's got to be rough. That's got to be probably the roughest case you've done, right? It, yeah, by far. It was. It was horrible but the rewards were there so so have you ever came across anything that scared the living shit out of you like non-human entities malicious entities demons etc yes and no i say no because i'm probably too stupid to let things scare me <laughs> i don't know when i should be scared i'm like oh okay, okay. um i've come across what i truly believe was a skinwalker um other people in the area were there and it was scary i mean it was just right on you following you everywhere you went and we did feel like there was nothing that we could do to get rid of it um that was a scary situation and i, I really wouldn't want to be there again but i i feel now that i've studied more about them i'd be more apt to 
better handle the situation than I was then, but that was that was probably the one. But any demons? You come across any demons? I, I have. I've come across demons, succubuses, all those lovely things. How often do you think demon occurrences actually are? Not nearly what people say. <laughs> Not nearly. Probably... I've probably dealt with more in the last two years, honestly, though, than ever that I have. But everybody's like, oh, it's a demon, and I go check it out, and I'm like, no, it's just a pissed off spirit. But they are real. They are very real. Probably one in every, I don't know, 35, 40 that we've gone to in the last year, I would say is truly, truly demonic. Are there like tiers and strengths of different demons, like a lower le level demon versus like a higher class demon? Yes, definitely. I believe so. Um, the lower ones, they're more, they try to intimidate you more, you know, and you know that you can get rid of them. Like, you know, you know the tricks to get them out. The higher level ones, dealing with those, it gives you a second, you know, you second guess yourself. Like, am I doing this right? And they're mean. Like, I've had things thrown at me. I've had doors slammed in my face. Um, you know, I've been spoken to in words that I had to have somebody translate for me. I had no clue what it was saying. And then when I found out what it was saying, then I was like, oh shit, what do we do now? <laughs> so you just kind of learn as you go when it comes with those. Because there really isn't a book on what you can study on demons. Right. Because, I mean, I haven't dealt with demons personally, but from, you know, uh, studies that I've tried doing and stuff. Generally, I think uh, when you're dealing with the higher class demon, they're not wanting to be known. And they have no. what, uh, like a, a minion-esque type to cause all the problems while they're in the back, you know, sucking up all your juices. Exactly. That's that's definitely how it works. So by the time you actually get to the, the higher level demon you're worn out because you've dealt with all of his little minions out there and trying to get those to disperse because they're very protective of the leader, so to speak. So it's it takes a lot out of you. Well, I know between you and I, Diana, in the last six months, we've at least battled two demons. I would say at least one was a lower level and then that right. last one that we dealt with, I feel like that one was more on an intermediate level. Yeah, it was, it was right in between, definitely. And it didn't help that whoever was living there prior tried to scry and things went horribly wrong. The mirror broke and then they tried to bury the mirror in the dirt, which blows me away why would you would even do that. But Well, I think the reason people do things like that is they see people scrying on TV and they decide they're going to do it. And when they do it and they've been successful in the attempt, they freak out. They don't know what they've done. They don't know how to reverse the process. So, you know, your quick thinking process tells you, oh, if I get rid of it, then it's over and gone. They don't understand that they've released it and it's out there. And it could be any type of demon too that could be coming through there it could be something on a lower end or it could be something in the immediate or, or higher end i know when it comes to ouija boards i mean if, if you don't know what you're doing and you come across zozo you're fucked oh yeah you know absolutely um diana what do you consider yourself do you refer yourself as a, a medium do you like people to call you a sensitive what what's a term that you like to use 
I prefer sensitive just because mediums, people have a misunderstanding of what it is. Like, they'll come up to your ear medium, so can you tell me what my my deceased mother's doing? Things like that. And that's not how it works with me. Um, right. So I just prefer sensitive. Yeah, because that is the explain. definition of a medium, right? They're able to contact with certain people. Usually, uh-huh. But you, you're just... You just walk into an area and then whether or not a spirit, you can just feel energy. Yes, whether I want to communicate with it or not, if it wants to communicate with me, it, it definitely does. Yeah, and then you, you, you open that line of communication. Yes. Gotcha, yeah. Along with, oh, go for it, Shane. Oh, I was going to say, certain mediums say that they can do remote readings and they can do cleansings over the phone and stuff like that. Now, is that something that you would be able to do, or do you think that uh, the majority of that is hogwash? Um, honestly, I think it's hogwash, because you don't know, there's no way you can know what's going on in someone's home over the telephone. You know, you have to, or over the internet, or whatever, you have to be there to feel what that spirit's doing, to hear what they want, to to get the, the experience firsthand before you know what you're doing to expel the spirit. You know, because if, I, if you go into a place, you might do a completely different thing to cleanse if you were there and actually experience what was happening. So I don't believe that people can cleanse and do things like that over the phone and definitely not cleanse a person because it's been my experience if they have an attachment, you have to actually pull that attachment by your hand. You can't just go away and it's, why would it? I mean, in my opinion, why would that work? I know the one time, the one time I actually called you in the middle of an investigation, you weren't there because you had other engagements to, to be at. But the one time that I FaceTimed you and had you look inside of this, uh, of the cellar, you verified essentially what I was feeling, es essentially. Would you say that doing the video portion of it actually helped? Well, it, can it you did. send your spirit guides to a location? And then they kind of come back to you and give you information? I've never really done that. I just kind of... Um, the video does help me, though, because I can see it. But at the same sense, I tell you what I sense. But I know that you are there personally, and then you can deal with it. Like, if I didn't think anyone was there that could deal with it, I wouldn't say anything because I don't want that spirit to somehow know what's what I'm thinking and then magnify the situation and make it worse. Because I know people who can, like, like look at a photo and tell energy and uh, spirits that are in that photo. Right. So, I mean, there's there, I think there's a thin line of what we actually know what we can do without being in a location yet. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's maybe something that you haven't done much more of, Diana, that I think potentially if you tried, you may be able to do more than you thought you could without being at a location. Probably. Probably so, but... But you're just... You're, you're good at actually being there, obviously. Right. <laughs> there, there was that one time where we sent you those pictures of those dolls and you and you immediately told us which one was like no bueno you know right. what i mean yeah and in that circumstance that that kind of stuff does work but nine times out of ten i mean it's just it's a lot easier for you to be on location would you say oh definitely absolutely 
it's, yeah, I would say you can't. Always better. I'm with you with I don't think you can cleanse somebody or cleanse a house. I think cleansing is totally different from being able to tell energy and if a spirit's at somewhere, you know. I think there's, right. there's that, that I believe and agree with you on that. But online with the mediums or whatever, sensitives, they pop up all the time. People out of nowhere just say, oh, I have gifts now. Is it able for you to tell? Can you look at someone who says they have a gift and kind of tell if they have a gift or if they're just lying? I actually, I can. <laughs> yeah, I, it's, it's there, you know, you know, once, once you have abilities, other people that have similar abilities just kind of resonate a different energy than everyone else does. And so if somebody that doesn't have anything, oh, I can, I have abilities and you, you know. You and have you come across tell. someone where they said they have and you just looked at them and in your head you're like, you're full of shit? Oh, yes, definitely. Absolutely. Have you ever told someone to their face that they're full of shit? I have. <laughs> <laughs> I have. That's awesome. I was, That's I've nice. told them, don't, don't say you're something you're not. You're full of shit. You don't have any abilities. And they were like, bet that I don't. And I said, okay, bet me. And you go in bet. there and... <laughs> Yeah, that was, she's like, bet me that I don't. Bet. I said, okay, I'll bet. And we were at a location and I told her, I says, go in and have fun. You know what, you know where you need to protect yourself and where you don't because you have abilities and it didn't go too well for her. So, and then you had to bail her out? Yes. I felt bad after the fact, but she didn't claim to have abilities after that. Well, and, and honestly, I think those people need to be taught a lesson and that's an excellent lesson that you taught her, to be honest with you. Because personally, I feel like there's a lot more fake mediums out there than there are real ones. And the ones that are real are getting pushed out by the fake ones. Because if you're a manipulative person, eh, you can manipulate anything your way to make it look like you have abilities. And in all reality, you don't. All you're doing is just reading people's eyes, you're reading people's bodily movements and stuff like that whenever you ask a certain question and frankly i think you're preying on people more than you're benefiting you know what i mean right uh, yeah that's what that's what makes me the most angry i think is because people that really need help they end up running into a fake medium who gives them a bullcrap story and then they think everything's okay and it's not and so then that gives them a bad taste in their mouth when it comes to sensitives and mediums so they're not as apt to seek a real one when they need the help mm -hmm. yeah it's tough because you got to take it with a grain a grain of salt with anyone who tells you stuff that you know you're not so sure because i mean i i know a few people that i can you know fully believe that they can do what they say they do just because i've you know been around them enough and witnessed the stuff that they that would be impossible for some people to actually get right or guess or do all this stuff but it, it is hard when I come across new people that say they have stuff that like, I have to like get to know them before I fully trust them. Otherwise, whatever they're saying to me is, you know, just thin air be until I can prove it. Exactly. I mean, you are playing with fire in this field, whether you see it or not, because you could potentially say, uh, do all this stuff and people are believing you until you go into a place where something's a little bit more powerful than you thought. And then things go bad and you can't do nothing to stop it. It's all on you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because essentially, for people that actually have abilities, you can tell who has abilities. I mean, for me, 
I can sense it by their uh, their aura and their energy when it's radiating off of them. It's just like that residential up in Soda Springs when I blatantly said, hey, your shield is yellow, you know? Right. And you were able to verify it. He was able to verify it. There's been a few other ones that I could just pick out, you know, just you have abilities, you have abilities, I can sense it, blah, 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 blah. But how does one, so if, if a person needs help, they don't know this field, they don't know anybody, how can someone find an actual credible real medium for help i mean there's as much as i hate social media for this there is that but when you find them look for one that's not going to charge you like if someone's going to say yeah i'll come and help you look at your house but it's going to cost you a hundred dollars just that's not because most of us that are genuine that is not our goal we don't charge we want our goal is to help you to be comfortable in your space. Um, look for those that aren't gonna charge you money. Ask them, you know, what what kinds of things can you do? You know, what, you claim you're a medium, what are your gifts, what what can you do? You know, but, but don't give them too much information. And that's another problem I think a lot of people do is they, oh, this happened and this happened and without realizing it, you've fed all the information you need to somebody and they just make up a story and then you're at a point in your life where you're just going to go with it. So I mean, social media, honestly, because there are, and but look for a team because most teams that are reputable aren't going to charge for things like that. They're not going to charge to help you or to come out and talk to you. Like our team. And like exactly like our team. Exactly. And I think that's probably the easiest way for people if they don't know about it to find it. And along that, if you do contact our team and we can't help you, we know lots of people that can help you that we can refer to as well. Yes. And these are people that we can actually refer you to that we know that would be able to help you. If we, for some reason, can just can't help, then we will definitely get you the best help that we can possibly find for you. And that's through our contacts. But that's also years of getting to know people, rubbing rubbing elbows with them, get to know them on a personal level, actually investigate with them and see how they do and everything like that. I think that type of vetting process is really good for referrals. There's been a time or two where I've had to refer out a case because it's just too far and it just wasn't too wasn't feasible for us to, to work. So I had to go with my gut feeling when it came to certain groups in that particular area. But if it's if it's just because we're just so swamped with other cases that we can't take on another one, we will definitely find the best fit for you. It's not going to be that hard, especially around Utah and Idaho. But nine times out of ten, we usually work our cases because we want to make sure that you get the help that you need because you're, you reached out to us out of fear, you know? Right. So I think that's a, that's a good that that's a good thing to go off of because a lot of these groups do have mediums. Now, if they're credible or not, that's going to be up to them. But with what we do, I know at least four, five people that I could honestly refer someone to if they need that kind of help. Obviously, Diana is one of them, and I know quite a few others as well that I could refer to you without having to mention any names without speaking to them first, if you get what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's the end of our question section. Now, this is going to be the open table portion of it. I do have some follow-up questions for you, Diana. Okay. 
So, in the years of doing this, 20 plus years of you doing this, on average, how often are you running across an elemental, a succubus, anything that's non-human malicious type? Um, so I've come across a succubus twice. Um, elementals, they are getting a lot more common than they used to be. They used to be, when we very first seen them, people were like, we don't even know what that is. And now they're not so rare anymore. Um, I agree. They're popping up in places that you wouldn't normally think, and they're they're sneaky about it. That's the problem. You go in and you think it's a different entity, and then you realize it's not, and you have to change the your entire plan. Your game plan just went out the window, and you've got to come up with another one. So. And I think that ties in with the like what we were talking about things going darker, is because like I said on a previous episode that uh, elementals are neutral chaos and they're they're kind of born out of stuff like that too and things are either out of balance or you know just things in the world that happen that's a little more you know chaosy they kind of just spring up more and more. Right, right. And then you just get the fun pleasure of figuring out which kind of an elemental it is because. You know, you've got to, each elemental, you have to fight a different way, so. Right. I think I'm getting better at determining if an elemental's there and then just figuring out where, where they're at. Right. I do too. I agree. Because we've also discussed in a previous episode the types and what's most common with how they are brought up and then also the best way of uh, preventing them. And so um, we're not going to get too much into that because we've already talked about it. So if you haven't heard that, go back to our episodes and listen to that. Yeah, I think that was on like episode two or three or something like that when we talked about it. But we go definitely in depth about the different types of elementals and everything. When did I meet you, Diana? It was about three years ago, I think. I think so, about that. So how about you tell the story about the first time you helped us on a cleansing? Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Was I so, was I there? No, Shane? you were not there. No. Thank God. So <laughs> he, he'd asked me to come and help do a cleanse, and so I throw my kit, which is pretty good size. I have all kinds of things in there. I go up and I we get ready to leave, and I said, "Do you need me to bring my kit?" And he said, "No." Shane said, "I have everything I need." I'm like, perfect. So we get meanwhile to he's house. loading up his little Ziploc baggie. Yes. Had I known. So we get to the house and there's some pretty bad stuff going on. And so I was like, okay, get out your kit. And he gives it to me and I'm looking at it going, what the hell? I look in his bag and I'm like, so where's the rest of the stuff? And he's like, what? I'm like, you have salt, dude. Like, that's it. There's like salt and sage. What the heck? That's all you need. Have you seen Supernatural Hour? Yes. All you need is salt. So I just look at him and I kind of shook my head like, oh. Then I, I went to the client and I was like, um... Do you have a spice cabinet I can raid? Yeah, sure. So I'm pulling all this stuff out. And I send Shane off to the grocery store. I'm like, go buy this now. So. <laughs> it was funny. <laughs> but now Shane's kit is this big-ass duffel bag that weighs like 20 pounds. It's true. But hey, mm-hmm. you know, you'd rather be safe than sorry. Exactly. Better be prepared. And in fact... Diana and I are building a second duffel bag as we speak. One yes, for we are. Elementals. It's only getting bigger, huh? Well, it's getting bigger. I'm gonna have to put you're, it on wheels. We're gonna have a whole suitcase at the next point with full of stuff. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah, I think that's what's gonna have to happen. I'm just gonna have to buy another one of those cases, but like the same size as mine, and that's gonna be just for cleansings eventually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that that was funny. That that brings back funny memories. Uh, um, I don't. Are we gonna get into more stuff that we use on cleansing on a different episode, or are we gonna rifle through some of the stuff right now? Uh, well, that can be more. F- we can bring Diane on for that episode as well because there there's a lot of information there. Yeah, I, mean, I agree. I think that'd be a good <laughs> another episode one. Well, because my back my backstory is you know, obviously I've said this numerous times. We based my group off of scientific studies and everything and then obviously as time goes on where we've been adapting we've been growing we've been opening up and stuff like that particularly for abilities and and all that good jazz when we started introducing the cleansing part of it i figured what this is the part of me that i was just too naive to actually do the research on until you know someone was like uh you're wrong you know i have to research it (laughs) But I thought using Paul Santa wood and incense with sage, lots, copious, copious amounts of salt, like pounds of salt. <laughs> uh, I thought that would be good enough. Oh, besides my religious artifacts that I have for exorcisms and stuff. But outside of that, I thought that was all I needed for cleansings. And then when I asked Diana to come on this particular case, you know, it was kind of, uh, like, what do you mean you need more than just that? I mean, I have like five pounds of salt. Can't that just work? <laughs> you know? But apparently that's not the case. So from there, it went from a little duffel bag to about a 20-pound bag that we're still adding on to it. I mean, it's it's a monthly thing where I'm adding more and more stuff, either refilling stuff or adding more stuff using crystals. I mean, Diana has just opened up the door to all these things that you can use for cleansings and how you use certain spices for the cleansings which entity you're going against stuff like that it it was it was mind-boggling it was hard to grasp and wrap my head around for the first little bit but once we started getting into a groove it's like okay so she's needing this because of this particular entity and then a couple cases later hey should i use this because of this particular type of entity and she can either say yes or no or whatever but it's starting the pieces are essentially falling into place when it comes to this kind of stuff. So it's definitely been a learning experience, and I think a hour, hour and a half episode is just dedicated on just going over the certain aspects of the cleansings, what spices and what herbs and stuff like that that you want to use and where it kind of originates from. I think that would be a good topic for another episode. Yeah, yeah, because once you added cleansings to our list of things we do, I would say uh we do more cleansings than we actually do private investigations but most in private investigations end up turning into cleansings but sometimes most people just want us to cleanse we don't but we we just kind of are like well i think there's a lot here that if we could potentially investigate it first then we'll definitely cleanse it but i think there are a few times where we just cleanse so i think we do more cleansing than actual investigating these days because it, it essentially, it's opened up the door to us. I mean, it's once we started announcing that we can do cleansings and everything, it seemed like a door opened, and then we started getting more and more clientele to our group because now we offer a different line of service outside of just doing investigations. And I think a lot of people, they just want this shit done and over with, be there for a couple hours, and then get the hell out. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did we do before that? Did we just investigate it? Okay, bye. And then did we ever, like... Uh, offer 
outside help, like contacts to someone to come and just cleanse it after us? Rarely. I mean, honestly, the cases that we were doing prior to actually doing cleansings were not that bad cases compared right. to what we dealt with in the last couple of years. Right. You know, back then I thought they were pretty bad. Nowadays, it's like, oh, okay, that one was modest at best. You know what I mean? But now it's things have gotten darker. Things are getting scarier. Things are becoming open when they shouldn't. It's becoming more and more relevant now that we that we do the cleansings and the, the clients just only want to do the cleansings because some of the shit that they had to endure just before even getting us out there. So I, I completely get why some clients just want to just do the cleansings and just get it done and over with and have a follow-up. But there are those few that want to do the investigation and they want us to cleanse afterwards and check it out in a couple weeks and make sure everything's, you know, copacetic. Did you have any questions, David? No, I was just going to ask Diana if she had any questions for us. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because right we've been hounding her, so maybe she has something she wants to tell us about. Yeah, definitely. Actually, David, I have a question for you. I Are, don't have an answer, but go for it. You you might. Um, so you've become a lot more open lately. How has that changed how you go into an investigation? Or has it? That you know that now you're going to experience more things. So at the beginning, I definitely uh, was all about equipment. And if my equipment didn't go off, nothing's here because if I I obviously can't see things and stuff and I would hear little things but really if I my equipment wasn't going off that I had I relied heavily on it I still love my equipment and I still like to rely heavily on it but what I like to do now is kind of fuse my knowledge with what I've learned and then with feeling stuff and try to mix it with my equipment but yeah i go in i always go into a place a little closed i kind of just want to see hear the stories kind of walk around and then i sit down and then i kind of start seeing feeling things but i don't really open up until we actually start investigating because i for me i feel like it i need more of a, a relaxed state of mind to be able to connect with spirits like, yeah. I can't just walk into a room and then automatically be like, oh, there's there's a spirit there, a spirit there. Sometimes that happens, but it's beyond my controlling. I don't have too firm a grasp on it, but I am getting a lot better at it. I think really where you shine, David, is the fact that you have a dream about the house before we even get to the house for the first time. I think that's where you shine the most. Yeah. Yeah, my dreams are definitely obviously the biggest part of it that I'm trying to start start from there in my dreams that I can try to control better and then go out from there but I would say I'm a little rusty right now because we haven't I haven't done anything since November so I'm like a little haven't done this for a while because I haven't had a paranormal dream in forever and this just this week I had a little one so I I feel like I feel like things are gonna start happening for our group soon yeah because i feel like there was a dormant period where maybe i needed a break so things haven't been happening or i don't i don't know quite yet what stars are going to be aligning soon whatever but i feel like after this winter i think we're going to be pretty pretty busy yeah we definitely have a stacked schedule starting in spring 
all the way until fall. But I also feel like because of the current situation here in the United States and the world, I think people are still a little, a little touch and go when it comes to having strangers in their house. I mean, on the on the cleansing aspect of it, it's been kind of normal. I mean, we haven't really had a cleansing for at least two weeks now, but it's been like off and on. We'll have, you know, two or three weeks of nothing and then we'll get slammed with like four or five of them and then it'll be two or three weeks of nothing and then we'll be slammed again. And that's kind of been the the uh, the history of what's been going on with the, with the cleansings and everything like that. But on the investigation aspect of it, we actually... We haven't really had anybody reach out for just an, an investigation. They remember just wanting to do a cleansing. We do have one that I'm following up on for an investigation. I'll see if that one pans out. Not, I'm not saying yes or no it's going to happen, but we'll see what the client says. But outside of that, I mean, from a April on, we're planning on being busy. Yeah. I mean, with cleansings, I like that we do cleansings. I have a hard time because I don't feel like I'm good at cleansings. I think what I do best when it comes to cleansings is just uh, being the help, the helping hand. I don't feel like I can go into a cleansing and then be the one that's doing the cleansing. I can just do the small things that helps with the cleansing. So I, I do have a, a mixed feeling about cleansings myself, just doing them, but I'm glad we do do them. Yeah. And, and it just takes time. I mean, I'm still... I, I still have my doubts when it comes to certain things, when it comes to cleansings, but Diana is also there to, to help whenever I am questioning things. You know what I mean? She helps reassure this is what you need to do to be able to do this, and then it all makes sense in the end. But at first, you know, it's kind of like, ah, how is that supposed to work? Right. You know? So it took a while for me. I mean, I'm, I'm still... I'm still learning things from Diana as we speak. I mean, it's it's a long process. She's been doing this for 20 plus years. She's got a plethora of knowledge that I don't, I, I haven't even touched yet. I haven't even tapped into her in her brain, you know? <laughs> and that's knowledge that's been passed down to her from her mentor, which was it someone that I know that mentored you, Diana? Yeah, yes, okay. it is, yeah. Yeah, I figured I, I know who it is, but that person had a plethora of knowledge as well. So, I mean, the, it takes time for that knowledge to sink in and become a standard thing that you can think about when you're on an investigation. It's like, okay, so I, I need a niece, I need this, I need that, you know, because of this particular entity. That kind of stuff takes time, and I think, in due time, if you keep helping us with these cleansings, David, I think you'll become more and more comfortable, and then you're going to get to where I'm at, where it's, you walk into a house and be like, okay, so I think I'm going to need this spice, I'm going to need this, I'm going to do this, I need this, you know, stuff like that. Well, there was a location that we did, and it's a good story, and I can't wait till we tell this investigation that we did. But there was one where Diana didn't help us cleanse it the first time, and we kind of messed up because we did, you know, we we did it wrong because we didn't know specifically what we were dealing with and whatnot. And then we had to go back afterwards with Diana to to help us do it right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and on previous episodes, like I said before, that uh, that's a learning experience. You know, yeah, that was my screw up. And I will definitely own it. But it's 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 awesome that we have someone like Diana that's there and readily available to be able to come and help us fix our screw-ups. Because unfortunately, that investigation that we did, Diana was actually off doing other things that she, was, she had scheduled with her family. So she personally could not be there. But if I remember correctly, you were warning me not to even do it until you got back, though, right? 
I did. And I was like, this isn't one that you want to probably mess with, but... And she was 100% right, because uh, yes. we, we were in some deep, deep water. Uh, it was very interesting. And we're not perfect, and I don't even say we're experts. Even Diana, how experienced she is, I wouldn't even say that she's an expert. I hope no. she's not offended by that. But Oh, no, I learn every day. <laughs> you, you can never... And that's something else. Some people, oh, I know it all. You can never know it all. There's no way you can ever know everything about the field we're in. And if you do find someone that thinks that they're a know-it-all, they're full of shit. They're literally full of shit because there's not one person in this field that knows more than the next person. Yes, that other person has more experience and they're able to figure things out and do things on their end to be able to resolve the issue, but there is not one person in the entire world that is knowledgeable of all things paranormal. There, there's just no one. And if I ever meet someone that's sister and says that they are, I will call bullshit right through their face. This field, we're all supposed to be working together. We're all supposed to be collecting evidence, sharing evidence, and be able to come to a, con a collective deci decision and consensus on some of the paranormal stuff. And I feel like a lot of people are moving away from that and they think they're going to be rich and famous and they're going to they're all knowing and yada 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 and if i call ghost adventures to do this i'll be famous and people are going to look up to me as if i'm a professional in this field blah 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 and no it makes you more look like an asshat because frankly you're working against the the movement and i think everybody needs to step back and look at the movement and be like look we're in some hard times right now we need to f get some shit figured out and we need to all work together to try to resolve this issue. So when it comes to people that think that they are all-knowing, they're not all-knowing. They just Their head's just too big for their shoulders, personally. Because along that, when people show me evidence, one thing, when, like it's a picture, and they say, oh, do you, you see that? I don't like to, to go into it and be like, no, probably not, and give them a bunch of reasons. And I also don't also want to be the person that goes, oh, yeah, I... I tend to when they show me a picture I go if that's real that's awesome because I can't actually tell you if that's real or not because it could be fake and it could be real I mean I have no way of actually knowing that just by looking at it so I like to just go well if it is real because I'm a believer in this then that's really cool that you got that but people will fight over and be like no that's fake that's fake photoshop photoshop then you have people that be like oh it's real I can feel it and it, it's tough to get involved in that because once you start engaging that on you know social media and internet people can't tell how you're saying something over words people just automatically go into everything that this person's saying it they're saying it in a condescending way and it's words you know yeah i mean wor words over facebook are emotionless and so people can twist it every which way they possibly can i mean honestly the the naysayers out there and I will admit I'm one of those too, especially when people post up and be like, look at all these orbs. Well, for <laughs> one, that's not orbs, that's dust. But I digress. But some of these other ones, like, the way that we do pictures is we, we like to take three or four pictures in series right after another. And if we catch something on there and we can't replicate it, great, that's evidence. But I know if we upload it to, like, Facebook or something, someone's going to chime in and say, oh, that's that's this and that, or that's that and that, or... I'm feeling something else off of this picture, you know, there's always going to be those naysayers. Honestly, your biggest critic is going to be you, and as long as you don't allow other people to critique how you do things, 
I think you would be a stellar addition to this paranormal field because you're not going to put up with the bullshit. And I think that's what a lot of people are having to put up with are the bullshit. Wouldn't you guys agree? Yeah, no matter what you do, you cannot convince a non-believer. Until they experience it themselves, they'll never be able to believe it. And that's one of the funny things with uh, one of my family members, my uncle. uh, He he loves to joke about what I do. You know, he, you know, the Ghostbusters, you know, he, he, he jokes about it heavily. But one day I'm going to get him to go to a haunted location with me. That's pretty, you know, like a Silent 49 or Fear Factory, someplace that I know is like a little more intense. And then just kind of let him do his own thing by himself and just kind of see how he reacts because unless he experiences it himself you know he's never going to believe anything i tell or show him or you know we could always take him out to marker right diana oh, oh heck yeah <laughs> yeah i mean your eyes. <laughs> i'd love to go there uh, did you have any other questions for us diana i'm um, not that i know of did you have any other questions for diana david uh no okay well, I think that will wrap up our episode. Now, uh, Diana does work for us. She works with my group. She does the cleansings and everything like that. So after this episode, if you feel like you need our services, you feel like that we are going to be the best fit for you to be able to resolve your paranormal issues, give us a call. Uh, send us a text. Send us an email. Message us on Facebook. I typically have all of our links uh, located in the description of this podcast. And we also have a website, too, as well, where you can find any additional links that we did not uh, post up. You can submit a form on our website. You can click on some of the links that we have. I know the new thing nowadays is these All My Links and Linktree and stuff like that, where it all consolidates all the links into one website and you just click whatever you want. That's kind of where we're going to. And eventually all the icons are going to disappear and we're only going to have those at the bottom of the page and stuff like that. But you should be able to find us and give us a call, send us a text, like I said before. But I want to thank Diana for thinking, taking the time. English, English is hard. I want to thank Diana for coming out here and doing the podcast with us. We had a little bit of a snafu earlier, so we were able to resolve that and be able to get this podcast going. And I really appreciate that you took the time out of your busy schedule. Essentially, you got two new puppies that you need to take care of now for the next, you know, however long that you need to take care of them. But they're awfully cute. I mean, they're the cutest, cutest puppies. Oh, they're just so fluffy. Anyway, um, I want to thank you for doing the the episode with us. I definitely want to bring you back on uh, when we start talking about the cleansing stuff. I know we have that on the on the schedule to do a cleansing Uh, podcast episode and we would really love for you to be a part of that because I think you are a huge plethora of knowledge and I think a lot of people don't realize that so much goes into cleansings especially if you start going into like Native American rituals Hindu stuff like that some of the backgrounds with some of the herbs that they like to use and everything so we would really love for you to come onto that episode as well absolutely any last words David? No. (laughs) Okay. But I want to thank everybody for listening to this episode. Episode 5 will be coming out here soon. We're switching up the the set list a little bit, kind of catering it to fall in line after this episode. So that one's going to be an exciting one as well. We'll be talking about another case. 
And we'll also be talking about a piece of equipment that David would like to discuss about and educate us more about how it works and everything. But I thank you so much for tuning in to us today. I hope this was very insightful to all of our listeners. And I hope this understands more to them that people with abilities were not weird. We're not from a third dimension or an alien or anything like that. We're just more in line with nature. We're more sensitive, more more open to what's going on around us. And between working with Shandy and working with Diana, I think those two different angles with people that have abilities and how they deal with certain things and everything, I think that brings light to how the paranormal itself as a whole works when it comes to mediumship and everything like that. But thank you so much for tuning in, and you guys have a wonderful rest of your day. Goodbye. Bye. You are listening to the Bear River Paranormal Podcast, BRP Podcast. If you or you know of someone who is having issues with an entity or a possible haunting, please send us an email, text, or call. You can find all of our information at www.bearriverparanormal.com. We work 24-7 so we can resolve your paranormal issues quickly and as conveniently as possible. If you haven't already, please subscribe to Bear River Paranormal Podcast. Toss us a rating or a review. You can also find us on Facebook at BRP Podcast. If you are interested in sponsoring us, please send us a message. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you for listening and have a great rest of your day.